21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. My name is Jake Jorgovan and I am the founder of two companies. One is called Lead Cookie, which is a done-for-you LinkedIn lead generation service. And the other is Content Allies, where we turn consultants into thought leaders through content marketing. Uh, so those are my two main businesses. And I also do a bunch of blogging and podcasting under my own personal brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so do a bunch of that as well. I have a podcast called Working Without Pants. So uh, that Without is- Without uh, Pants? Yes, Why? Working Without Pants. Okay, uh, can, you, can you tell us a story? How, <laughs> how comes? <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, a, the name of the podcast. It's, it's a great name, but I'm just you know my my uh, my podcast. That's it's a boring name. Twenty first century entrepreneurship, but your your I, name is really a unique one. I it started and like it actually would launch as like the creative freelancer show. I like the show is like six seven years old old now. Oh, and I was cool. like literally like freelancing when I started it, and uh, somewhere along the line. Um, thought working without pants came to me as a more fun name. I think, I think where it might've been inspired is WordPress has a book called a year without pants where they write about their remote company. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I think, I guess i saw that at some point and that's kind of what led to it. But, um, it's a great, just kind of, you know, uh, meaningless name i guess that has some kind of ties <laughs> yeah to it. absolutely and it lets you just kind but, of but like we can show wherever but you we can go. find philosophy <laughs> in it yeah, well, no, yeah. We, i mean and i'm not wearing pants i'm wearing athletic shorts right now. beautiful beautiful where are you <laughs> yeah, from anyway uh so i'm from united states uh and the uh, grew up in the st louis area and uh went to college in nashville and also lived in denver today okay. i'm actually in bucharest romania so ah, uh, cool so you have a, you have a warm flat or what's the what's the secret of you walking around with your shorts? Uh, it was actually pretty warm here today. It was pretty uh, sunny. Okay, yeah, yeah it I is. Got, uh, yeah, global got a... <laughs> global global issues. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We had yeah, 17 true. degrees Celsius as well. Yeah, not that's not what's supposed to be happening at this time of year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, how how do you experience uh, Rom- Romania? Um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I was it. I was never there. I was never there, but uh, mm-hmm. I heard a lot of good good stuff. They are they are in much better situation now than let's say twenty years ago. Is it the truth? Oh yeah, it's it's honestly it's been great here. Um, I I've made friends with the guys local here, and we we're just talking about like the the cost of living versus like the value. Oh, um, definitely. It's like the a. I would say it's like living here is almost like on price with living. And like, I've spent a lot of time in places like Mexico or stuff like that, but like the quality, really? the quality for the cost is so much better. Uh, Beautiful. Um, so how much is it per week? Let's say for a flat and food and, and just basic, you know, like for yeah. a decent living, not, not having house, but for uh, you know, if you want to yeah. come and work and, I guess my monthly rent here for pretty decent places, like $500 a month. And I'm doing a short term rental on Airbnb. My friend, uh, he's paying, you know, $400 a month for an even nicer that's place. It's a, like a year long lease. Oh, that's um, a very good and like place. the food is just uh, very, very inexpensive. Um, yeah. I, 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 it's, it's one of those things where like, yeah, hey, it's might as well just go out and eat a lot. Cause it's so, uh, low cost to even just go out and eat. So, um, do you know how much guys from uh, from the states uh, are there working and living? Do you have any contacts with with some other people from US? Uh, I've only met well, I've met. I, I'm only part of like a few nomad groups. I tried to find some other people. I 
honestly didn't find me. I found one guy who's actually a Romanian guy who is like a CTO of a San Francisco company. So he's my like only buddy here, but I, I have not gotten out into like the co-working spaces. So there's probably a bit more of a nomad scene, but I haven't quite found it. So it's not, it's not a huge nomad scene by any means, like a lot of the spots, but um, yeah, I'm sure there's some more people yeah, it's, here. And it's, it's, it's pretty far away. And Russia <laughs> is pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So getting about as close as I can safely get. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, how old are they, the, the, the nomads? I mean, are um, they are I, kids like like in early twenties or or all all kinds of? Um, I would say most of the nomads I've met are ranging anywhere from like you know the twenty year old kids who are just being rebellious to the I've met people in their you know mid to late forties that are um, doing this as well and um, and those are the ones like they actually they've got it often much better because they're doing it and they're not like young and broke. So they're actually doing it often in a much better way. <laughs> uh, the young, young ones yeah. are always like going around. That's like, you know, that's where I started, you know, like five yeah, years sure. ago when I started. But you, but you are, that, yeah. but you are not nomad now, of course. Now you have two companies. So if you, if you can uh, tell us more about it. Uh, I mean, let's start with uh, the, the structure. Do you have VAs uh, or uh, your own employees or are, are they from all around the world or how? What's, what's your business model or, or let's say yeah. organizational model to start with? Yeah. So for lead cookie, which is the LinkedIn business, we structure it where basically our, um, my, basically like my strategy sales and then like leadership team is all in the U S and then we've got a team of roughly, I think about 15 or 16 VAs in total that are kind of the execution arms. Um, and so, U.S. team kind of oversees all that. And then the um, majority of the team in the Philippines, we have a few in kind of other locations as well. Um, they'll kind of do the actual kind of like execution of the LinkedIn campaigns. Um, so that's kind of the structure on the LinkedIn business. And then on the content business, um, it's almost all U.S. Are, are they, sorry, based. sorry, excuse me to interrupt you. Are, are they our, our based or, or uh, can, so can you we, make some kind of arrangement or? Yeah, so we structure most of them as kind of based retainers. Um, uh -huh. One of the things, just the, the lead generation business is very um, volatile. It goes up and down a lot. So we built, um, this was actually an operational shift. That wasn't easy to do, but we, we moved a bunch of people late last year to hourly. And so that basically, we call them like flex uh, team members. And so that way it allows us to flex up and we have more and then um, less when we go down just because there's so much ups and downs of, of this just industry that we're in. Um, but I'd say 70% of our team is on a, essentially like a full-time retainer with us. Um, and then the, the rest of them are on hourly. Do you think that kind of structure can be unique just uh, in your case or is it a good model for similar businesses? I think it's honestly a great model. Like um, one of the things like just that uh, you know, anytime you're doing any sort of, I guess, service-based business, you can look at the number of, I guess, like utilization. Um, when I, I worked with a really big agency at one point and they were like tracking utilization and they were like, if, if our utilization drops before 85%, like that's uh, like a red flag. So you and have so, like, like some kind of KPIs or? Uh, yeah, yeah, so we've, we've started to track that as well. But the cool thing about having flex team members is like our utilization 
almost now never drops below like 95 or like 90%. Wow. Wow. That's a huge, huge jump, huge jump in efficiency. Yeah. Yeah, And and, and historically we had some periods like before (laughs) we made this shift where it was like, Oh, we're dropping down to like 70 or maybe even like 65 if Mm -hmm. we had like Mm -hmm. a dip or something. And like, we're still paying all those salaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if your utilization's high, then like, you're, you're just, you're at max profitability if your utilization is high essentially. Um, and so that flex allows us to go higher and then like you're paying people hourly and like you're still able to have the upside, but then it like protects you from the downside unless you have like a real big down and you know, stuff like that. So it's, that has been helpful for us. And I think a lot of companies can do that where they still have the benefits of a full-time team that actually is like ingrained and you can build a team and a culture. Um, but you also have, um, just the benefits of like that flexibility of like the model of things going up and down as well. Yeah, that's absolutely very good insight. Thank you for that. Your uh, business model, it's, it's a very uh, helpful yep. for a lot of guys trying to start their, their own business. Speaking about guys wanting to start their own business, uh, do you have any, well, maybe, maybe the question is uh, stupid as it's a pretty complex one, but, and uh, let's not pretend we are some kind of gurus, but is there anything you can share with us? You know, don't eat this kind of shit when you start your own business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say the biggest thing uh, is just like, if, uh, if you're trying to start a business that is selling uh, eBooks, courses, or coaching programs, like you're probably eating shit. Um, like, like affiliate. <laughs> yeah, like affiliate, like the affiliate whole internet. Shit. Yeah, yeah. That whole Red, Red Sea, so-called Red Sea. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, there's like all those people, there's more people making money selling courses about how to sell courses than there are. And then like, you know, you hear the occasional few case studies of someone who made some other thing. But I think that's like the biggest stuff to avoid. Like there are things you can learn from that world. I got hooked into it for a period so, sorry, excuse me, does it mean uh, uh, people need to develop their own products before they, that they start online business? Or, I mean, what, what do you think about just, selling stuff on Amazon, for example? Do you think it, it's, a, it's a true there are people making millions? I mean, from my point of view, that sounds a little bit weird. But maybe there are guys uh, having decent life uh, selling stuff. I mean, I like, I do have a, I got a friend who, who did crushed it on Amazon with like a supplement company and he's, uh-huh. he's pretty damn wealthy now. And so like, it, it, there are ways to do it, but I think like the thing to realize is that like, it's, if, if you get the course thing, it's like, it's all bullshit in my mind. Uh, the, <laughs> okay. the Amazon thing again can be, but like the, the interesting thing like that, like, I think you have to realize is like, um, I had a buddy who was like going down these courses and like how to make money on like eBay. And it's like the thing you like, I just saw him like going down this and I was like, like if these people, like if you, if this were really like a guaranteed win, like these people wouldn't be putting a course out there. Like they're making money selling you the course on how to do this eBay thing. And of course, like he kind of got it going and then it all just tanked at some point. Yeah, I I have, I have similar way of thinking. I have yeah. seen a way of thinking, you know, why to put even on Udemy. I mean, I, I have nothing against the Udemy. You know, they have great courses, but when you, when you, when you see a course, how to like, like MMO, you know, make money online. Yeah. You know, I'm so successful that I want to teach you how to be successful and do basically nothing. And, you know, being in the swimming pool all the day, well, you invested 
tens, if not hundreds of hours in, in, in doing your online course and, and you are spending so much time uh, uh, in, on social media and, and uh, advertising. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think you have so much, uh, you have splendid of time for, you know. Yeah. And what about I, your time management? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, lifestyle is like really important for me. So I, I have built Lead Cookie now to where I've got a full team running it, a head of sales, head of operations, head of strategy. And um, I spend about 48 hours per week on Lead Cookie. Um, the majority of my time goes to my new business, Content Allies, that I'm building up. And then honestly, like total across the two companies, I probably work about 20 to maybe 30 hours a week on the high end. And I spend and the rest it. of the time. Yeah, I spend the rest of the time making music and art. Like, and well, you're is, a lucky guy. It's 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 intentional. Yeah, you're a lucky yeah, guy. I, huh? I, am, I am lucky. I am fortunate. <laughs> I am very grateful for like the whole upbringing and just fortune that I've had. But it, it, it is also, I could work more. And I for years I did work more. This was over the past year that I started being like, I really don't have to work 50 hours a week. Like I can work less. And, um. And so there's definitely fortune that I have, but there's also that an intention to get to that stage of working less because it's easy to just work and work and work and work if you don't like you don't you don't get to working 20 hours a week unless you decide I'm not going to work. Otherwise, you'll just have the habit of just always working, you know, 40, 50 and hours a week. What do you think about the concept that maybe 20 hours per week is more efficient and you can be more creative and more successful than working like a horse <laughs> 70 hours per, per week. Yeah, I mean, you, you know that concept of thinking and oh, you're yeah. living that concept basically. So that's, you're a great person to ask for. I, I totally see it. Um, like there's times where you need to hustle and you may need to do some extra work or get some stuff done. But um, I have been in that like grind of working like long hours and and like the, the whole concept of decision fatigue is like a very real thing. Like you just make worse decisions and it's like, you'll end up working tons or like making bad strategic, like there was a point last year where like I decided to launch a whole like kind of new service line to the content business. And that just like I, that decision came when I was super fatigued, really busy. Mm -hmm. I spent like four months building the service line and then I shut it down like, a month ago and was like, what the fuck? Why was you <laughs> yeah, thinking? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, there's yeah, like, yeah. there's like hundreds of hours of work. Do I feel some pressure like in the air? <laughs> yeah. Like, and so it's yeah. just like that thing where you're just like, now that I'm not working as much, I'm just like, oh, this is like, it's just so clear. Shut that down. And like, God, I wasted a lot of time on that. But it's those big decisions mm -hmm. that you can like make wrong. Um, and I think that that comes when you're in a fatigued state or is more likely mm -hmm. to come. So. Yeah. And what kind of guy are you? Like a party guy, a meditation guy, uh, all meditation kinds of guy. guy. Meditation. <laughs> I guy. got I got sober okay. a few years ago and quit. <laughs> okay, so but you so you had your your period of time when you when you liked uh, to take some yeah. beer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I used to party all the time, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I quit quit drinking and all and smoking and all that stuff a few years did you, ago. Did you did you hear did you heard how insane 
situation in uh, Silicon Valley is, how much they are drinking and not to mention any other stuff. And it's like, like, it's like their lifestyle. It's, it's, it's amazing. And the, 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 the suicide rate is, is, is amazing in the States. Actually, I had one, one podcast just for that topic and it's, it's LA for example. And you will never, you will never, I mean never, but you will rarely see any article on that topic, of course, because nobody wants to, <laughs> you know, to disappoint future entrepreneurs. But uh, I think that we need to openly speak about uh, all, all aspects of being an entrepreneur. And I think you are a lucky guy because I think uh, just a few percent of people actually succeed in being a good uh, entrepreneurs, especially working 20, 30 hours per week, I completely understand. I can feel you had your learning curve. You, you had your personal development. You came to, to the point of, of working 20 hours per day based on, I believe, 100% great organizational structure and good document flow and information flow and, and uh, probably good team. Yeah, it's um, it is something where again, it's it's all of those things you mentioned about just like people like it's it's rampant. Um, like I there's I have a friend who's in like EO, which is this global entrepreneurs group for entrepreneurs over a million, and it was just interesting. He got like a survey at one point, and it was like, um, and the survey asked, you know, like what is your like business growth? Is it like zero to five percent, five to ten percent over the last year, ten to twenty five percent, or you know, 100 plus, like, what is it? And they're like, wasn't even a check mark for like, oh, I haven't grown or like, I declined a little bit. And he's Whoa. in a business where he's just like, he's like, he's got two kids that are like eight and 12. And he's mm -hmm. like, wants to be a really great dad and focus the time. So he's like, my business is good. You know, it's like, yeah, we kind of went down like barely, but like, we're stable. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not growing. And I could be like, but I'm fine with that. Cause I'm at home with my kids all the time. And it's like, He's like, but it's like this weird thing where you show up and like, you've got this like pressure to, to grow. Like, that's just like the, the mindset. And like, like when I set my growth targets for this year, that was just like, um, if I can just like kind of stay the stable or maybe like grow like a, like, you know, a decent amount, like, like a little bit this year, like that's cool. If I'm able to work 20 to 25 hours a week and like, that's a very different mentality versus like. A few years ago, I probably would have been like, all right, I'm going to double business this year. We're going to go huge. And then like, I would have just like hustled all year to get to that. But it's just like, what's the point? Don't, yeah. You, like, what am what's I? What's the like, point? Yeah. yeah. Buy more shit. Like, <laughs> like yeah. what's the, like, what do you need really? So, but you know, you are in meditation, you know, mm -hmm. people that are not so familiar with uh, different uh, states of mind with consciousness, they have, um, different way of thinking, mm -hmm. different thinking patterns, and they need more and more, and who knows where they will get with that approach, but every, everybody is responsible for himself or herself, definitely, yeah. Uh, great time for you to um, tell us more about your company. So I, I really experience you as a really authentic person, focused person, uh, efficient person, uh, with great business results. So I suppose your companies are similar like you are. 
Yeah, there's um, definitely a lot of um, like successful one of my, companies. My, <laughs> one of my advisors definitely said something along to me one time that stuck with me is like your business is a reflection of yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think in small entrepreneurship, it's so true. Like if I'm like scattered or stressed or overwhelmed, then like my whole business, like my team gets kind of scattered and stressed. Um, and so like, yeah, like how you show up as a person, like in a small business like this is makes a huge difference with like how everything happens, the entire kind of journey down. Um, so definitely I'm a huge believer that like getting yourself straight, like it's why the personal development and entrepreneurship industries are hand in hand is because like you've got to get yourself straight if you want to have a good company. Cause if you can't like be disciplined enough to like, you know, do what you say you're going to do and like stay focused, then like you're never going to be able to build a company cause you're just going to be like, throwing chaos into it all the time. Can you tell us more about your two companies, please? Yeah, so basically at Lead Cookie, um, we are going to LinkedIn lead generation agency. We're actually doing full service lead generation at this point. Um, mainly for business to business companies. So basically, um, we'll kind of work with our clients to build a list of their target prospects and then do outreach to help start conversations with them um, and really help them get those kind of opportunities. So we take all the prospecting uh, heavy work off of their plate um, so that basically um, they're just kind of handling the actual leads and conversations that we tee up for them. So, um, that's kind of lead cookie. And then on the content. And is, is, excuse me. Is there any list of prospects? What does it mean? Uh, I can uh, buy a certain amount uh, of email yeah. addresses with, with names or, or uh, you're helping yeah. me to connect with uh, some uh, concrete. Uh, is it a business to customer or business to business or a combination of? Yeah. So it's all business to business. And, uh-huh. uh, and so we're doing the full outreach. So we're like, you know, if you're looking to buy lists of leads, like that's someone else, what we do is we manage the full outreach uh-huh. campaign. Okay. So like we're doing all the outreach to try to start conversations with people and, um, you know. The whole got, package. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's all kind of a managed done for use so that really the indeliverable you get at the end of the day is someone saying, hey, I'm interested in your services or yeah, okay. sure. Like let's who is the who is the Who is the ideal client interested for your services? Um, yeah, so our typical best customers are service, most of the time service or SaaS based companies that have a high customer value. So ideally $10,000 plus the bigger their, their value of like service that tends to be the better. Um, and we need, they just need to have like a really good value proposition. So if someone reaches out to us and they're like, Hey, we do web design and SEO. It's like, that's not going to work. Cause like everyone in the world does web design and SEO, but you know, when we've got someone with a really interesting or unique business model, they've got a vertical niche or they've got something different or something kind of a strong value prop, those are the people that we can do really well at help. Where did you learn all of the, those things? <laughs> yeah, so um, basically the, this, I have been working for myself since I was, I guess, about 19. Wow. And um, one of my first businesses was a video production agency. And um, I had a business partner who was really, really great at the video side, and I was more of the sales and marketing. So in that business, I just learned and I kind of you know, taught myself prospecting. Mm-hmm. I read a bunch of books, and I just started doing a bunch of outbound prospecting. And some of the first 
customer, one of the first customers I really got through outreach was uh, Lennon Walmart uh, as one of their designing their corporate conference. So I was like, all right, this is awesome. And clearly something I'm pretty decent at. So um, I basically did that as a consultant then for several years for people. Um, remote this or is going remotely back to, or? Uh, yep, yep, pretty much all remotely. Um, okay. Working with different kind of other agencies and stuff. Okay. And then it's kind of evolved into Lead Cookie. But on the question of like, you know, when getting started, I think the biggest thing was just like, where have I created the most value in my career? And it was clearly in that prospecting side of things. So um, that's kind of just where I kind of took what evolved into consulting. And then eventually that consulting evolved into kind of an actual productized service um, that, you know, um, built a team around. There was three years before Lead Cookie where I was basically just mm -hmm. me running outreach campaigns for individual companies with like one guy helping me. So. And when you say uh, campaign, is it a marketing funnel, sales funnel, or combinations, or something else? Yeah, so or everything. It'll yeah, it'll typically involve a, you know, probably about a four message email sequence uh, uh -huh. where we're reaching out to somebody, as well as a four message LinkedIn sequence where we're reaching out to someone and then basically sending a series of messages trying to get engagement, trying to get that person to respond. So um, that's kind of been the, or the kind of genesis of it. So it's all kind of cold outreach. It's not inbound funnels or anything like that. It's all, let's go research, find your ideal prospects and try to get you in conversations with them. And you're four years longer than I am in podcasting industry. So tell me, can, can I ask you a question or is it a proper question? What kind of uh, applications uh, for the for the email? Yeah, for, for the whole stuff? stuff. I mean, like for oh, yeah, example, yeah. ClickBank or Buffer or or mm -hmm. HubSpot or yeah. So some of the top tools we use, we use Airtable to organize a lot of stuff. Uh -huh. um, that's been like that's a phenomenal one to just organize lists of leads or anything like that. Um, we use Mailshake for our cold email outreach. In terms of other like tools that we we use a lot, we use Asana to like manage our entire team's project management and everything. So that one is really good for like delegating, sending tasks between team members. Um, what else are some of the? We use PipeDrive as our main CRM, which I really enjoy. Love PipeDrive. It's like Trello, but for sales. And um, with that, I've found it's just to be a really great, easy to use CRM and a CRM that I actually use and enjoy to use. Um, so those are a lot of the tools, um, tools, yeah, that like the core tools that we end up using a lot. How much time do you spend in just thinking, conceptualizing, oh, yeah, yeah. finding solution for different kinds of problems, you know, scratching mm -hmm. something on your paper and then just use the, the tool. So what if, if, oh, yeah, if, yeah. if there is, a ratio or is it everything yeah yeah i would say like yeah and then if i were to look at my week like i there's a, there's a book called unique ability by okay. strategic coach which is like all about finding where you're really strong and i know that i'm strong at creating things mm -hmm. and so i try to design my weeks and my like 20 to 25 hours a week i basically will do one-on-ones with my team i will do kind of podcast calls like this or i'm making stuff like that's like mm -hmm. pretty much it. Um, <laughs> and I try to mm -hmm. otherwise send everything else to my team because it's just not the best use to my time. And if I can just oh, spend great approach. Week, oh, that, yeah. that's the reason why I ask you that question. Great, great, great approach. Yeah. 
So you're using your strengths and your capacity where you are the best uh, for the for the business. Uh, great. So let's go back to to your company. So that's that's uh, that's one company. And the other company, what's the name of the other company? Uh, the other company is called Content Allies. So our focus is working with um, basically tends to be highly paid consultants um, to basically turn their expertise into content marketing. So we work with people who are really smart, expert in their field, but they just don't ever write out all their expertise. We'll interview them and then basically turn those interviews into written articles um, that basically share their expertise. So that's the the second company that I, I'm building up just because um, well, there's, a lot, there's a number of reasons, but one of the main ones is, like I said, the lead, the lead generation industry is very volatile. And this isn't a, the content industry, I think, is much more stable and mature and less prone to disruption. So, 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Can you help me defining expertise? What do you mean by term expertise? What kind of expertise? Yeah, so a lot of our customers are, you know, management consultants in some capacity where they have some often obscure, weird expertise. Like we have one who does like IT contract negotiations for like Salesforce and Microsoft. We've got another woman that like coaches rem remote management teams at tech companies. We've got another guy that does um, technology solutions for like hiring pipelines so like these like really like odd, random, like, you know, little unique niches of the world. Um, and they are the leading experts in whatever they do, but like they're not writers. And the, mm -hmm. they know that if they could write their content or their teach their ideas, that would be valuable. Um, but they don't because they don't have time or they don't have the skills. And so that's where we actually interview them and then turn their expertise into articles. And how hard do you find uh in getting uh the synchronization level good enough for you to continue with the project or to 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 launch let's say yeah it's um it's been an interesting um thing just some of the things we learned about this persona or i guess like any service when you collaborate with people um is like our biggest challenge was actually just getting people to take the time to hold the interviews people would pay us and then they would just sit there and like not do Disappear. the interviews for sure. Yeah, yeah it's just like you just paid us for a launch package and you're not yeah, doing you have, it. So. You, have, you have my money, so do the, do the job. <laughs> but like it's, it's a collaborative need, thing. Uh, yeah, sure. You need, give me some yeah. inputs. You know, I, need, I need to know you better. So we, we've started to realize, and that's an interesting thing where like we started to basically set expiration dates. Um, and uh, I picked this up from a guy, Nils, uh, Nils Vinge, who uh, basically is a consultant on customer success. And he kind of shared this with me, but it was just like, customers hire us not just for like the content, they hire us for like the outcome. And so it's our responsibility to get them to the outcome. So it's been a weird thing to say, hey, you've got to show up and like do these interviews or you're going to waste all this money and it's going to expire in 90 days. Because like, if you can't dedicate three hours to us over 90 days, like, then like don't hire us kind of thing. Um, so it's just been an interesting thing that like um, to just figure out that like people like hire your service to drive a behavior, uh, even if that behavior is of them and like the accountability in a sense. How important that kind of openness is um, in, in relationship building? It's definitely a lot. It's, uh, 
you know, like I'm, I'm all for being like just, just transparent as I can be with things. And so I try to just, I don't know, there's some people, I feel like they just try to like conceal everything in like business talk. And I just try to be very open and transparent all the time. Um, and that has worked out really well for me. Um, at times it's got me into a little bit of trouble at a couple of times, but, um, for the most part, I think being really open and transparent is just the easiest and most authentic way to run a company. And I'm transparent with my team internally, with customers externally. So, um, I just, I find that it's just a great way to absolutely. run Absolutely. Absolutely. And during building your team, uh, did you had some hard times uh, finding people with similar level of openness and way of thinking? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely, uh, yeah, building a good team is hard and like, you know, I've made some bad hires and it's, Having a bad hire is horrible. Um, like, I believe, yeah. yeah you just like you just horrible. Like, Great word, yeah. yeah. <laughs> horrible. Like, because you're just like it's some like it's just this awkward thing where you're like, do I fire this person? This is really annoying. And like, and at some point, like, whenever they're gone, everyone's like, thank God you like, like got that person <laughs> out of here. But um, so can excuse me, excuse me, can yeah. can I, I absolutely uh, I'm interesting what 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 you were uh, going to tell me, but I I want to ask you. Uh, can somebody be annoying in, in a virtual world? Um, yeah. Cause I mean, like you're still going to be syncing with them on regular meetings and like, actually it can like having a bad team member, like almost, um, especially in like the world of What's like the implication, Slack. how, 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 what are the waves, the virtual waves? Yeah. It's like, I mean, it just comes down to like, if you don't believe, like if someone's going to give you SAS whenever you give them work. Or like, you know, like stuff like that. Like it's, it can break down like, because you're like, you're, you're just chatting back and forth. And so oh, it can okay, almost go worse because then like people start to interpret things um, uh -huh. through this like written communication. You get these interpersonal dynamics and suddenly you're like having conversations with your team about issues with this new person and like. And waste of is, time. Waste yeah, of it was time. like, I don't want and these energy. conversations. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And what, what kind of energy do you like uh, having uh, between you and your team members? Yeah, it's, so that's the interesting thing is it just totally varies. Like with lead cookie, we really? needed a lot of um, implementers. So like mm -hmm. we, the people that are in hired in lead cookie, most of them are very different from me. Like I'm a creative, like most of them, I would say I mean, it's not, like there's definitely creative ones in there, but I would say a lot of them, like they, like they're like, I like to show up and, know exactly what I'm going to do every day and then do my tasks and get it done. And like, I would vomit if that were my day, but like they love predictability. <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't <laughs> okay. love predictability. Beautiful. Yeah. And so like, that's the thing where it's not like the, it's not what type of energy it's like, you know, we, like, we have certain values, like have fun is one of our values. Mm -hmm. So like we need like that kind of things, but really for, it's also a lot of just finding the people that are right for the specific roles. And then ultimately that matter with the values of the company as well. Mm -hmm. And when were when was your tipping point? I mean, when when was uh, that moment? Was there any moment when you felt okay, that's it? Now I'm I'm the, I'm on the right path. Now I'm I'm satisfied with what I'm building, what I'm doing, what I'm creating. Uh, or you're, or you're up like and down, or is it is it? Um, something ongoing all the time is, is is that i mean that's part of the entrepreneurship that's the reason why i'm asking you that question so 
did did you have a tipping point when you had that aha effect, or or do you think that uh, being entrepreneur is having those kind of aha effects all the time? Yeah, it's more. It's not so so linear process. Yeah, I would say it's, um, if there was a tipping point, it was the point like when I moved from consulting, deciding to build companies again, mm-hmm. and I actually brought on a business advisor. And that was just like, almost like a commitment to like, I'm going to do something again, or do something bigger. So that was probably the biggest tipping point. But then, like, after that, it's just like a constant wave of up and downs and like, uh, different challenges or like new levels and new challenges at that level. So um, I think just like the, the choice to just say, Hey, like I'm serious about this. I'm, I found an advisor who has done what I want to do and I'm going to just hire him and like learn everything I can from him. That was probably the biggest tipping point that went from me having like, cause I, what I didn't mention is in those three years of consulting, I tried a bunch of things on like businesses and they all failed. And it was that point of like, I'm actually hiring him. I'm going to do this, that that was like when. Mm-hmm. I actually started building businesses again. Um, and there was so many, so many subtle things within that, but that was probably like the biggest point that finally helped make a um, turn from consulting into actually building businesses. Where can we find you? The best place um, is probably for all my content and everything is just at jake-jorgovan.com. That's J-O-R-G-O-V-A-N. Um, or just try to type that into Google and probably spell it wrong and then Google will get you there. Um, and then leadcookie.com is the LinkedIn lead generation business and contentallies.com is the content agency. So those are the, the main places where you can kind of find me and everything online. Okay, so yeah. Jake, can you, we are at the, at the, at the end of, of our uh, conversation, of our short journey. Can you share some tips and tricks or some insights uh, with, with us? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I, I think would be good to share just on the side of you know, content creation um, is that I, I think the, when people are looking at creating content for their business, I, I think a lot of people don't understand really um, the value of that. And like a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to create content and then content's going to bring in these new leads that are going to discover my content randomly online and like it's going to grow my business. And um, really like where you're, you know, probably going to actually get more value from putting out content is going to be an increased word of mouth and referrals from your existing business. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone's out there and you're not doing content, but you've got any sort of service-based business, you've got any sort of company where, um, you know, people are ultimately hiring either you or your team. Um, like one of the best and things you can do is just to start publishing just a little bit of content. Even if you do like one article a month and just like commit to doing that and then maybe take a few quotes from that and put it on LinkedIn like if you do that base minimum um, to promote your business, which is like, it doesn't need to be like an amazing article. Like it just like doesn't need to be anything crazy. But if you do like one article a month of the course of 12 months, like you're going to, you're going to see more word of mouth and referrals. It's not the most traceable thing, but it's just like one of the like easiest ways, especially for like service-based companies or 
um, you know, consultants or anyone like for that to acquire new customers. And, and if you're struggling, okay, then like Jake, what do you actually write about in that one article a month? The biggest thing I would always say is like, start with case studies, like write about this past successes. Those are like the easiest things to write because you just tell what you did and what the results were. And then look at what are the questions that like your customers ask you on a regular basis or, mm-hmm. you know, what things can you write? Like if you, if you were like in a sales conversation with a prospect, like what would be the awesome piece of content you would love to send them? Um, like I literally wrote one today on like the value of content um, because this guy needs to present and like share this to his entire team. And so he needs to sell it internally. So I write an article sharing the value of that for him. So um, biggest thing I would say is like that it's just, it's just a, a game changer content. Like a lot of people just, they, they view it and think it's a lead gen strategy, but that's not it. It's a trust building and a word of mouth and referrals thing. That's just going to keep you top of mind and, if you're doing high ticket services, then it, it definitely um, can be a, a huge multiplier on everything you're doing and build a lot of trust with prospects. Well, thank you, Jake. It was a real pleasure getting uh, to know you better and, 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 and your businesses as well. Yeah, thank you, Martin. I enjoyed being on the show, so thanks for having me. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Thank you guys for listening and have a beautiful rest of the day.